Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. Mm, so what's going on? How's your, how's your week going? Uh, pretty good. How's your week going? Not working. My week not working? Yeah. Are you oh, still working? Are you still working? N- no, I actively, uh, I was getting messages yesterday, um, but I went to Sedona yesterday to go Ooh. get some Vortex powers or, or whatever. Maybe that's why I'm particularly energized and loud today. I got some Vortex powers. It's probably it. Yeah. But I don't really know what that refers to. My God, I've never seen so many crystal chops. I think the vortexes are where the aliens come to Earth. Really? I think it's an alien thing. Is it an alien thing? I think so. There's just like an undercurrent of all kinds of like bullshit in that town. <laughs> yeah, but it's really red. No, it's, it's, it was cool. But even like, you know, we were at lunch and like there was this guy who was like, oh, what are you guys in town for? You know, whatever. And it's just like, uh, I don't know, nothing. Uh, we're no reason in particular. It's like, oh, where are you guys from? I was like, oh, Phoenix. And like it was just everything was drawing back to a conversation about like, are we here for some spiritual journey or something like that? And I was like, no, I'm just here for lunch. Where'd you go for lunch? I don't know. Some restaurant called The Vault. It was weird. I don't really eat fish like sandwiches, but there was it was like a blackened swordfish sandwich. I was like, ah, all right, I'll, I'll give it a go. Nice. Yeah, not not my usual thing, but but no, my my week uh, of not working is going great. It makes me realize how much um, better of a person I would be if uh, either two things. Uh, number one, if I could stop working. That would be number one. Or number two, if I could just find the inner balance within myself uh, to be able to put work stuff aside and just enjoy like personal life stuff. Or if I was just, you know, if I could if I could be that balanced person who like does it all, you know, um, then uh, how much better life could be. But unfortunately, neither of those things are true. Right. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Uh, I did another podcast earlier this week. Oh, that's right. Tell me about that. And it was an interesting experience. I immediately regretted it. But the, 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 that guy has this, uh, I think the name of the podcast is called Coffee with Closers. So if you want to check with closers, I think my podcast is coming out in three weeks or something like that. Okay. But he's one of these people that has like four different ideas all running at once. And he's just working from 4 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then he works on something else from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. And then he wakes he's up a, at he's four. He's a Gary Vaynerchuk. He's, he hustles. Right. But it's, uh, I just don't buy into that. I just think that just leads to burnout and, and just lots of disappointment and regrets because you're not really working on you and having you be an important part of your life. It's always something else that you're always working on. <clears throat> yeah, that's, and that's, uh, that's sort of where I find this dichotomy always. And I think I've talked about this maybe on the old podcast, maybe not. Uh, I don't know, but, uh, that's, that's where I find this source of dichotomy always within my life is that I have basically two states and they're directly antithetical to what, well, not, not really like maybe there's some middle way, you know, um, and that's, that's the balance that I have to strike in order to be happy in life. But there's the one side of me that thinks that like, oh, happiness only comes through a manifestation of your 
highest form. Like, so therefore I need to be constantly striving towards my intellectual peak and my physical peak and all this kind of stuff. And it's only through going full on kamikaze that, you know, I'll ever actually be happy with these things or I'll ever reach the States, um, that I want to in order to be happy and all that kind of stuff. So that's one side. Then there's the other side that's uh, kind of a state of anxiety that crops up pretty regularly. That's like, wait, wait a minute. Like what, what if, uh, you know, this lifetime is short, it's finite. And uh, did I talk about this last time about dolphins? Anyways, uh, I don't think so. I don't think you've ever talked about dolphins. Okay, well, you can think about life. Like I've been listening to Alan Watts, and if you're, are you familiar with Alan Watts? No, that sounds Alan, familiar. I feel like I yeah. would know if you. I'm sure after you explain it, I'll know who you're talking about. Yeah, you'll know who I'm talking about, and also I'm sure if I just like played something on YouTube, you'd be like, "Oh, it's that guy." Like uh-huh. you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. So, Alan Watts was this uh, university professor, but he was also a really big hippie. Uh, around that time. And so he would just do lectures about, so he's a very smart guy and well-spoken guy and very well-reasoned guy, but at the same time, all his stuff comes with a little bit of woo-woo. Like, he'd belong really well at Sedona. Right, he probably lives there. I guess is what I'm saying. He'd fit in really well there. Uh, But so he was explaining life one time as basically uh, like what a dolphin does. You're out on the ocean and you can't even see the dolphin because you're in the boat and you're just looking out at the at the horizon. And then all of a sudden out comes a dolphin and it jumps up into the air and then it turns its nose back down and goes headfirst back into the water. And it's disappeared for all intents and purposes because you can't see it in the water. And that's life. It's that dolphin trick. We slip from one conscious plane or, or from one unconscious plane that we can't perceive into existence And then we're here for a little bit of hang time and then we drop back into the unknown. Right. So given this, that that this is the case and life is finite, then the other half of my personality is like, well, wait a minute. If you're spending all your time, uh, you know, grinding away at your career or spending all your time like reaching physical perfection and working out and constantly creating a schedule. And when you're not doing that, you're reading so that you can learn more and so you can accelerate stuff and blah, blah, blah. But if you're doing that then are you actually enjoying life? And like, what about the off days or what about saying fuck it and grabbing a beer with your friend or what about, you know, whatever, like, are you missing out on those things that you are going to reach the end of your dolphin trick and be like, Oh shit. Like all this time I spent trying to like be somebody else or be greater than I am or something like that. Um, and it turns out I wasn't working towards happiness. So I basically ping pong between these two states where I'm like, no, 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 no. The only way towards happiness is to find fine tune like perfection within myself, but my mm-hmm. own definition of perfection. And then the other state is like, no, 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 no. Life is what happens in between all that thing, all that stuff. And so then I'm just caught in this middle state of uh, insecurity and, uh, and doubt. Right. I can see that. I think defining your own happiness is the important part of that dolphin jump. Yeah. It's like, what yeah, is real? So, I don't know if you know, have any friends with kids or I know I have some friends with kids and they buy them this expensive gift and they just end up playing with the box. Uh huh. And it's just like, 
Because kids just love playing with boxes. Why are you going to buy them expensive gifts? Yeah, don't even. And when they're just when they're just going to play with something that that you know it, you're trying to force your perspective onto someone else mm-hmm. as to what is uh, enjoyable or a toy or worth living. And so why why are you doing that? Why aren't you just defining that for yourself? Yeah, yeah, like like oh man, it'd be really cool to put this model together or do whatever. It's a it's a B twenty two plane. I don't know if there's such a thing as a B twenty two plane. I think there is. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so it's like the idea that the idea of like, oh man, this model is going to be so cool, and we're going to have such a good time putting it together. But the kid's more interested in the box, and that's because exactly what you're saying. You're projecting your ideas of what you think are fun, or what you think is interesting, or what you would like to do, onto somebody else. So with your friend here, it's like he seems like he's the type who wants to grind and hustle, and he's working multiple. You know, and I understand that mindset because to me, I'm always when I'm engaging on something very new and something, you know, whatever, I feel like I'm at my best self or I feel like my creative juices are flowing, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I don't know if that's the lifestyle for me because I feel like there's a fair amount of stuff that you're missing out on by putting yourself on that, on that trajectory. Right. I mean, if that, if that just becomes your whole life. I guess that's, that's fine for some people, but, but you know, but is it really yeah. though? Yeah. It, but is it? <laughs> Is it though? So anyway, so you went on this podcast, um, Coffee with Closers. Right. So I guess he's you, uh, showcasing Tucson entrepreneurs who are passionate about their work that they do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was uh, interesting. I, I, I need to do some research on the art of conversation because this was an odd conversation and I just didn't know how to make it work. It's just kind of, I felt like I was just being like shoved up against the wall and then like, what's going on here? And then being shoved up against another wall. Mm. And it's just like, I had no idea what was happening. It was just not a cohesive, clear conversation. Yeah. And especially in the podcast format, I feel like that really comes out if I'm interpreting what you're saying correctly. Like, uh, I feel like that really comes out when you know the difference between either a an experienced podcaster or not, and then also a person who's experienced with like interviewing or not. Because when you're interviewing someone, it can be as like forced and kind of like it feels odd in the sense that you're just then getting like your question response, question response, question response. It's, it's like almost the way you would read it in a magazine format, but in an audio format. And since we're talking, it has to be more like a conversation. It can't just be like, you know, this isn't the associated press. We're not trying to get like direct answers about to direct questions. It's more about the way in which you get there. And so if it, it like basically to you, it felt kind of more like a call and response type of thing, or, or what do you mean by that? Right. It's not, well, it's, he started off with like a list of questions that he had that I, I, I'd never seen before. I had no idea what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, it would be a question like, what inspires you? And I would respond with something like, oh, I'm not really inspired by any specific person. Or he's like, what director inspires you? What mm-hmm. movies inspires you? What, what's your inspiration? And my response would be something like, well, I'm not really inspired by a specific person or a movie. I'm inspired by people going out and actually working on their own projects and completing their movies. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was kind of uh, responding with a pretty interesting answer to dive into a deeper conversation. Right. And then it turned into, uh, well, where'd you go to film school? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, see, that's, that's kind of the problem. Um, 
That's always when you know, like when I'm at the bar and I'm having a conversation with somebody who is either bad at conversations or wants something out of me, it's those two types of people uh-huh. where before I've even given my complete answer, they're already thinking up their next statement or their next question or their next, you know, whatever they're going to bring up next, their next anecdote or whatever. So sometimes you even find yourself in like a group of people, like four or five people and you're having a conversation that's going with the flow and you, you know, whatever. And there's one person who, uh, will backtrack the whole thing specifically because they had something that they wanted to say and they, they can't let go of it. You know what I mean? So in this sort of sense, it's like the list of questions it's not allowing there's they're creating more walls than they're helping. I'm sure that they're uh, I'm sure the list of questions helps with like getting uh, your ideas out there so that that way, if you ever have to like re- you need to guide the the conversation back into a constructive area because you're recording it, of course, it's not just like we can't just have like a free form, just whatever. Right. right. But you're you're also shortchanging yourself because you're not allowing yourself to go down these paths and like learn and that's what's so great about the podcast format i think um and not to sweep this question now or like this this statement too broad which is what i'm doing but it's like my favorite podcasts are the ones where i learn something about somebody who i like oh oliver stone i've seen a few of his movies you know whatever but now i get to learn like oh did you know oliver stone was in vietnam uh, I didn't. And, and so then I learned this whole thing and about how all his movies, he's trying to, um, bring around kind of the, the thoughts about, you know, is the government really working in our best interests and how a singular event like Vietnam can be bad for everybody involved, not just the people who are on, you know, not just the people in Vietnam, but also the people, blah, 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 blah. Like, so I learned something about Oliver Stone by like hearing the conversation go away that I wouldn't have thought to ask those questions or I wouldn't have thought to, you know, research that myself. So the the podcaster in this case is kind of shortchanging himself, I feel like, because there's an opportunity for like a depth of information that would be offered out to him. But because you're staying so regimented to the questions, you're not there, there's no flexibility there. Exactly. And I also felt like he was asking these questions to kind of give his own response that he wanted to talk about. Cause you know, yeah. I wouldn't say he was pulling in a tish where he was just <laughs> rambling on for long periods of times, but mm-hmm. uh, he was rambling a lot. He was doing a lot of talking about what he wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I first, when I first met him, he asked me if I knew of any uh, acting courses here in town. And I sent him to this one that I think is actually worthwhile versus something that's kind of uh showy one that's leading more towards becoming a famous actor versus becoming a skilled actor and like working on the craft of acting versus building up your IMDB page, which is not that big of a deal, but (laughs) there's a group here in town. That's really all about promoting their IMDB page. Yeah. And so, uh, he actually signed up for the class and he went and took an, he audited it. He took a free class and, uh, he signed up for a whole session and I just thought, uh, you know, cool. He's, you know, serious about this acting stuff. And that's, we talked about that for a long time and he just was talking about his experience in the class, but no, but there was no real conversation there. It was just, uh, mm. it was just him telling me a story. It was, it was a one directional sort of thing. Like, it's like, here was my experience with this and we're not going to actually talk about why that was or, or like what your thoughts are on these types of classes or, or that sort of thing. Right. And I know I'm not the, like the best conversationalist. I know I say short, succinct responses to a lot of things, but this it's just in, I wasn't, I didn't feel 
supported in or there wasn't any work done to try and get more out of me for, to mm-hmm. contribute to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a really funny part in the conversation in his <laughs> acting class. His instructor was telling him that acting in a scene is kind of like fencing and how you just go in for a jab and then you pull back and then you defend yourself and then you go in and you try and get your hit in here and there. And the whole time I was uh, like, after he said that, I was like, this is not fencing right now. You're just, you know, yeah, you're twirling your flag right now. Yeah. You're going fucking crazy on, <laughs> on your, I, I don't know what they call that, a, a joust or a repartee or something. I don't know. Right, right, right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's kind of, I, I think that there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of uh, kind of valleys that you can slip into in, in podcasting. And that's why there needs to be a little bit of an open mindedness that comes along with the territory, at least in terms of what you're trying to achieve, because maybe actually what this guy is interested in is doing like a solo cast where all he does is like just talk himself and like do his because that would that would change the scope of what he's actually looking to do but if you're trying to interview people or if you're trying to give other people a platform to talk and do their thing I mean then you have to adjust your style to that so so maybe it's like certain tweaks in terms of and I mean this goes back into stuff you and I talk about all the time like you know, defining your audience or defining I guess in this case it would be more introspective and defining uh like what are your intentions I guess or what are your goals around this podcast what are you trying to achieve what do you like to do what do you like to listen to that sort of thing right I think that's something I'm about to start asking if I do this again is what's the purpose behind this podcast what are you trying to get out of it this is what I'm trying to get out of it uh so it's not just a bunch of assumptions and it's like oh we're just doing a podcast and that's too broad that doesn't really benefit anybody yeah, yeah. I was a podcast guest. Uh, this wasn't even that recently. This was kind of a while back. And um, it just didn't have any sort of direction. So I was like, okay, like, uh, am I here to talk about anything in particular? Or are we just talking about stuff and we're ho- hoping to God that it's interesting somehow? Like, <laughs> I don't know many people who would want to take an hour of their time and just be a fly on the wall in my house for no reason like unless I was speaking to anything in particular it's like nobody is interested in what I'm doing in a day-to-day it's actually very boring so we probably like so yeah laying out the intentions and also like what role I'm I'm playing in this conversation is probably like a good thing to have on the outset I, I think once um like I'm trying to think of a good example that would also be something you listen to because I think you and I listen to two very different scopes. Oh, definitely. uh, Definitely. Yeah. But, but I think once you're a big enough and established podcast, then I think people know what you're, what you're getting into. You know what I mean? But for Uh people, guests who are going on for the first time and probably haven't listened to your scope of work or something, then it's like, yeah, just give me a little rundown. What what are we talking about? What, What am I supposed to bring to the table? That way everyone can walk away feeling as though they did their part and that they did a good job. Yeah. So, so not the not the best experience. Well, I, I also felt a little ambushed because th- th- there's a video aspect to it. I didn't re- I knew that, but I didn't realize like it was still weird. Like when at, also halfway through the podcast, the cameras died. And so oh, it was shit. just kind of like weird. And his I think wife or girlfriend was in the room as well, which I'm just I'm just not a crowd person. I'm just dude. Not. Well, that's a whole different thing. It's like, you right. know, even even right now, if you and I were having a conversation and then there was a third person here who's just not speaking, but is 
observing. That would be super weird. It's weird. I at least want everyone to have a voice so that they can then say something because otherwise they're just silently observing. I'm not a teacher. I'm not giving a lecture here. <laughs> like I'm not trying to do any of that. So anyone who's in the room should at least be represented with a voice because otherwise it it just feels odd. Right. I mean, I, this is this is why I hate being on speakerphone because I just feel like nine people are listening. Yeah. And I don't know who they are. I don't know what I can say or can't say or what I should not say or say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a second to to deviate onto a different track here for one moment. I love most everything about my future wife. One of the things that I absolutely cannot fucking stand and it's like it's not enough of a detractor to be a problem obviously she not only takes but also dials out a majority of her calls personal business whatever on speakerphone i don't know where this thing was learned but it was obviously inside of her family because her sister does it too oh my goodness i cannot stand it why would you want to have a personal conversation out in the open? Why would you want to be discussing work stuff out in the open? Why, like speakerphone, I exclusively use it when I'm like, oh, I'm cooking, so let me hit that, and now we can talk while I'm also doing this with my hands. But if you have two hands free or even one hand free to hold the phone to your ear, why are we on speakerphone right now? Why right. would we ever be on speakerphone right now? Yeah, that's that's a little uh, weird. It's a little bizarre. Yeah. That that sounds yeah. like like it stems from sort some sort of trauma as a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must right. There's no other explanation. Right. And I've called it out, and I've said that this is you know, in my eyes, unacceptable. We're you know we're all uh, understanding each other's personal preferences and all that kind of stuff. I'm letting it go, but it's not how I conduct my business at all. So. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm not a fan of speakerphone. I'm not a fan of doing a podcast with just a bunch of observers, you know, where it's like, are, are they here for a role specific reason or are we just talking even even in the bigger podcasts, like in the in the majors, so to speak, you have a producer, but your producer has a mic. So if they have to say something like, oh, actually, I just looked that up. It's it's 20,000, not whatever, you know, like. If you have a, a podcast um, producer to, like, keep you on the rails and all that kind of stuff, that person has a microphone. Right. So so there was just there was just other people in the room also. Well, it was only one other person, but still, it was enough to make it awkward. Yeah, to make you feel kind of like you're – it's at, at that point then and, – and let me know if I'm projecting here. I might just be reaching. But to me, the way I would feel, it's like, okay, we're going on a script and you're – kind of doing a, a not even a like question answer sort of thing, but it's like not even a call and response. You're, you're shooting out a question. I give what my response is honestly, and then you track it back to whatever you were talking about, you know, whatever. And then also there's an additional person. It's like, that feels more like a play. That feels more like a performance than it feels like a podcast. It doesn't feel like a conversation. It feels like, Oh, oh we're doing a, a thing here. I, I need to be like on message. Right. Cause well, once the, once the cameras died, uh, she left the room. So it was just the two of us oh, and like everything relaxed and everything got, was better after that. Better. Yeah. Th then it was just easier for me to interject myself. It was easier for me to 
respond to what he what silliness he was talking about. Uh, also, it was like half an hour left and realizing, oh, we have half an hour to fill up. Uh, you only have video for half your podcast. This is bizarre. One. So I guess I'm just going to sit here and ramble about The Rock for 20 minutes. The Rock, the actor, The Rock, the movie. I wish it was the movie, but it was the actor. Oh, OK. Wait, he was talking about The Rock or you were talking about The Rock? Uh, I might have brought it up because he was talking about um, his acting class. And oh, sure. he kept talking about his acting class. And I was saying, well, don't go to this other acting class. And I called out another acting class. And I mm. probably should not have done it, but that's what I do. I burn bridges, apparently. We should yeah, talk Chris about Scott that at some, at some making point. Making enemies all over town. <laughs> Good for you. So um, I was like, don't go to this one. They're, th- they're more concerned about being uh, famous versus being a good actor. Sure, yeah. And so then that came up, The Rock came up because he's not a great actor, but he's super famous. Yeah, see, that's um, that's my thing with The Rock. And I think that he has, like, I think that there's a million different pathways to take uh, in acting probably, but then also... That's a dumb statement. If we if we ever edited things, we would yank that one out. But what I mean to say is, like, there's a a lot of different methods to get to where you are trying to go, depending on what your you know. There's there's the difference between the people who do like what Christian Bale does and want to be a great actor. That was another person right. we brought up. We were comparing basically Christian Bale versus The Rock. Oh. Yeah, exactly. That's and exactly so the would, would point. Would The Rock actually lose 105 pounds to be in The Machinist between Batman movies? Right. The Rock would never right. lose that much weight. No, 100% no. And also it's it's he, Christian Bale, you know, or uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? The one who does everything so method that he took time off to cobble shoes and shit? Ooh, good question. I have no ah. idea what you're talking about. Are you talking about like a Joaquin Phoenix? Like a Joaquin Phoenix, um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis is super method. He's super method, right? And that's because he gives enough of a shit about acting. Like, that's, that's his, uh, it, like his god. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm making no suppositions about um, Daniel Day-Lewis's theology. I have no idea what he believes or does not believe in. But what I'm saying is that we all we all construct our our gods in a sense even if we are actually religious and practicing religious but like outside of that like we all construct our gods and and therefore we have our you know rule sets and commandments that go along with these and so for people like daniel day lewis it's like acting and creating another person another character like really living out this character that is his god and therefore you know, if he was to half-ass it or not go completely method or to do whatever, then that would be in complete lack of observance of, like, his whole thing. Uh-huh. Whereas The Rock, it's like, yeah, he's probably doing a character, but it's like, and, you know, maybe I just haven't seen him in a stretch project. Well, it's, know, kind of, anything. it's kind of like a, like a Will Smith. I feel like Will Smith was, like, at some point, he just turned on the charm. Yeah. And he was just yeah, a yeah, charm yeah. guy. Like he was just writing his charm from, you know, let's say bad boys all the way through Ali. Yeah. Sure. You know, so, and Ali, he's like, I got to become a real actor. I'm going to glue my ears down every day and I'm yep. going to be a real actor. And then ever since then, he's been chasing this real actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was, train. There was, mm-hmm. there, there's definitely a difference because before I feel like, um, 
Will Smith was kind of relying on the old tropey sort of stuff like damn and you know like his uh, uh like I'm, I'm I'm blanking on them right now but it's like all of the stuff the same bullshit that he was doing in Men in Black was the same shit that he was doing in every movie you know he's the incredulous like you know whatever affable sarcastic you know whatever he was doing the same thing and then you're right then he started actually kind of chasing this and then seven pounds or all that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like a, like the persona is what really drew audiences to those movies. Yeah. Same thing with the rock His persona is what draws an audience to those movies. Right. Not so much as performance. Uh, you know, if you compare the rock and Will Smith to like a Gary Oldman, yeah. you, have, you have no idea what movies Gary Oldman isn't until you realize it's Gary Oldman. And, and sometimes you, it's it, that realization takes the form of, is that, is that Gary Oldman? Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. That's, that's often how I find myself. I'm like, wait, is that guy with the cane Gary Oldman? <laughs> like, or who is that guy? Who's playing that guy? That's Gary yeah, Oldman? That what? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 No, that's true. So, so here's my question then. Where do you, like we have these two archetypes. And mind you, no offense to The Rock because I, I actually, that's the thing. I like The Rock. Me too. He is also my my uh, like metric for movies to avoid. To be honest with you, to just be honest with you, it's like let's let's run down Baywatch, uh, Jumanji, uh, Central Intelligence. Which that one I actually made the mistake of watching, and I didn't make it all the way through. I and not on the couch, not during quarantine. This was in a theater. I left. I left. Okay. And I don't leave theaters. I, I paid my, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. I'm going to sit there. It just was garbage. It was so, so, so basically, you know, and that was kind of the thing. I realized that, you know, oh, I like Kevin Hart as a person. I thought it was very inspiring on the Joe Rogan podcast. I thought uh, anytime he's on Conan uh, on late night shows, he's great. Right. I don't care for his fucking movies. At all. Well, I, well, I think I think there are some good Kevin Hart movies. I, you just got to go look for them. But I, mm. I, with the movies you just listed, it sounds like it's a calculated endeavor. We're yeah. going to remake a 90s TV show that was extremely popular. Let's throw in popular actors right now. Let's throw yeah, in here's Zac our star Efron. Of today. Here's The Rock. Here's yeah. I don't even know who else was in that movie. Uh, which one? Jumanji? Uh, Baywatch. Oh, Baywatch. No, I, I have no idea. It was it was uh, it was. Efron and, and The Rock. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, Jumanji is a remake of a popular 90s movie. And I don't think yep. the Jumanji was as bad as you say it was, but it has its moments. There's some pretty funny stuff. Jack Black as a teenage girl is hilarious. Well, that's just because Jack Black is so likable that I'd follow him anywhere. But Right. Well, that's another part of it. All these likable characters are now in this movie. Yeah. And we finally see Nebula without makeup and like in a role. That was a Nebula from, you don't know Marvel movies, so I take that statement back. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is Nebula? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, you didn't see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I did. Uh, he was, she's the sister of... Oh, dude, that's not the kind of thing that I'm going <laughs> to remember. <laughs> the like, cyborg sister of... Sure, um, okay, okay, yeah, sure, sure. Now I'm tracking. Um, you know, so it's like all these characters are, you know, it's a calculated endeavor, right? Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's movie making by focus group. Exactly. Same thing with Central Intelligence. Let's make a comedy, a buddy cop movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart. 
Yep. Just doesn't matter if the movie's good. The two of them are in it. People are going to go see it. Mm-hmm. And so I, that, it's just it's just a calculated thing versus someone actually trying to craft a story and right, right, and, and, and then trying to see like, oh, who's the person who I think could bring the best like representation of this character that I've written to the role, right? And that's something different. So let me ask you this: so we've basically got these two generalized lumps, right? We've got the um, the Rock, who's just a huge personality anything like he sells shit no matter what it is it's he's on a tv show he's on a a movie whatever it is he's like there's meat in the seats right then we have people who are really dedicated to the acting process and like who are all about the role or all about the end product being the film or i'm not sure what the gary oldman's the 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 who is the other example we use daniel day lewis daniel day lewis yeah and then we've got the ones who traverse in between we've got the will smith who is a big persona whatever but then got really obsessed with doing that where in this scale because i was just having an not an argument but i was having a very lively discussion about this individual yesterday Uh uh where do you put tom cruise tom cruise is i think he's leaning more towards the rock so he's more of a persona. He's more of just like a, you know, like he's larger than life and he fucking sells tickets. So that's, you right. know, that's. I think, yeah, I think there's maybe two movies where you couldn't, where Tom Cruise was trying not to be Tom Cruise. Okay. I think Which it was, ones are those? Um, exactly. Which ones were they? <laughs> <laughs> he's mostly um, Tom Cruise in all his movies. But let's look at, at his uh, filmography. I was, I was going to say a Vanilla Sky. Men. I was going to say oh, Vanilla Sky. Sky because he, uh, spoiler alert, has that deformed face at the end. Yeah. And like Tom Cruise would never do that in real life. No. Tom Cruise is nothing less than perfection. And I was I was thinking um, Valkyrie for a second, but that's totally wrong. That's just Tom Valkyrie Cruise was the Nazi the one or which uh-huh. one was that? Okay. It was the Nazi one where it tries to assassinate Hitler. Yeah. See, I was one of the... I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, actually, because this is... or. I mean, I brought up Tom Cruise, but then you brought up the the trigger words, which are now uh, focusing my my thoughts. But uh, I'm glad that we brought this up because I felt like I was in the very slim minority of people who actually liked Vanilla Sky as a movie. You didn't care for it, and the reason. Oh, so so here's why: because I think that uh, it holds a lot of the same messages or a lot of the same things that we're supposed to pull out of films like the matrix or uh, what's another movie like that? The matrix revolutions. No, it's not like the matrix revolutions or the matrix, whatever reloaded or whatever that, uh, you know, where the original tent intent of the matrix was that, Oh, look like what your, what you thought was real life is not real life. And this is actually, you know, and when it turns out that you don't, uh, that you understand that this isn't real life, that you can bend this this uh, this uh, like image to your will, basically, and so then uh, he becomes the god of of the digital world or whatever uh-huh. the fuck that happened there. Vanilla Sky is much the same thing, where it's like you created a fa- a false um, reality for yourself, and it's it's all about that choice to wake up, and like that's the idea. That's where the Matrix and vanilla sky kind of connect spoiler alert is that at the end he chooses that he's like i want to live again you know tech support and he wants to he wants to go back to real life 
which that's the part that I think is the most bullshit. Same thing with the Matrix. Nobody actually wants to wake up from that. Like, <laughs> no, like absolutely not. But the point being is that I actually thought Vanilla Sky was a good movie. And uh, I, I understand that you are actually much huh? like in like the majority and also all the haters I knew back in, what was that, freshman year of college or something? Yeah. I, don't know. Uh, uh, I honestly don't recall any of it except the weird face reveal at the end. Yeah. And I have honestly have no opinion on Vanilla Sky right now. Ugh. I know it was. I'll, I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch it. But uh, that should be uh, our next movie challenge. We should watch Vanilla Sky and then the the original. Yeah, Abre Los Ojos. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll be down to do a comparison between the two. It might also be, um, so I think I have talked about this on the podcast before, but so one of the reasons why I like Secret Window, the movie with uh, Johnny Depp, uh-huh. based on the Stephen King uh, uh, short story called Secret Window, Secret Garden. Um, one of the reasons that I like that movie so much is because it was the first time that I ever saw the trope, the mechanic. It was him the whole time. Which now we, that's, you know, now I know that that's fucking mundane. That's, that's in Shutter Island. That's in Fight Club. That's in, you know, whatever. And most people's exposure to that, I feel like, was Fight Club. Or at least in my generation. So that's why, to me, Secret Window. So similarly, the, 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 maybe the reason why Vanilla Sky was so uh, appealing to me was because it was the first movie that I saw that was like, oh, this isn't reality and... You know, whatever that whole that whole trope. Well, that was the, the when Fight Club came out. That was a year where that trope was kind of born, or it was done really well because it was yeah. Fight Club. It was Sixth Sense. It was you know two yeah. solid movies that did that in one year that did that really well. Uh huh. Yeah, so. exactly. And but but I wasn't old enough at that time, so my first exposure was actually to the same trope was from a shittier movie, but it made me like that shittier movie a whole lot more than. Because it was the first time I saw that mechanic. Yeah. Which is the same thing with Vanilla Sky. That might have just been the first time that I saw that mechanic, so I particularly enjoy it. Um, Tropic Thunder, I think, is the other one, where Tom Cruise is in Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's actually... Yeah. No, that's solid. Tom Cruise is certainly not Tom Cruise in that, because it's like he's putting off an image of himself that if any of it seemed like it was actually like him as a person would be so detrimental to his public image and his character that like, yeah. 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 So, yeah. But, uh, but, but with all that being said, I do think Tom Cruise is more of a persona and people go to see a Tom Cruise movie to, especially nowadays to see whatever stunt he's doing. Yeah. I mean, now I heard he's going to space. I mean, like what? (laughs) Right. So he's doing all these crazy things, but also it's, it's, like his movies aren't terrible. No, there's some that are kind of boring and slow, but there's, he makes good movies. Like he puts the time into crafting a good movie mm-hmm. and as well as mixing his persona and playing those movies to his persona skills set, whatever stunt he wants to do at that time. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. And that's where my level of this, uh, the great Tom Cruise debate, uh, was kind of sitting was that like, look, Okay, so we've got Daniel Day-Lewis taking a year off of acting so we can go cobble some shoes and whatever, and that's his, like, way of being extreme method. It's You can't tell me that Tom Cruise uh, holding on to the side of an airplane because that's what's actually happening in the movie, and then he does it. It's like, that is method acting to a point. It's like, well, yes. In the, it's- in the um, last one, in Fallout, he was... he. 
learned how to fly a helicopter over like two years. Like he took yeah. two years of helicopter classes Yeah. to do his own helicopter piloting in that final scene. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of lost on him as a person because it's like, I don't think his movies are exactly of the same caliber that you would say that like, oh, he's a, and he's a very script driven, you know, whatever. Cause he's, he, he's a star. Like that's ultimately what it is, is that he's a star. And so it's, I think it's less about like, oh, um, that I think Tom Cruise could really bring this character to, you know, to its like masterpiece level. And this is the ultimate representation of what my body of work was. I think you're right. I think it's less of that. And it's more like, man, Tom Cruise is a megastar and we need a megastar for this, you know, whatever. And, and he'll bring, you know, he'll be good in the role and stuff like that. So I think it's less about his acting ability, but maybe his, uh, you know, real manifestation of talent or whatever is his ability to be dedicated to putting, uh, the, the authenticity of the work above his own need to, you know, not shatter his ankle as he <laughs> jumps across jumps. one building to the next. <laughs> right. Well, I, and then I think there's another part with Tom Cruise is that he actually, uh, actively produces his own movies. I don't know if the rock does that. He's always listed as producer, oh. but hmm. I don't, it, I don't, he doesn't seem like the type of person that actively produces something. Yeah. That's like, that is like with the screenwriter writing the script that is in the casting room, casting, all the supporting actors. Yeah. Like he's so hands-on with all the elements of producing a movie that it, it definitely becomes a, he's like a producer slash persona. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's what his difference is. Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't produce a movie. He's finding his character. He's working on himself. It's such an inward. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the amount of work that he does, it's just all inward for his character to be portrayed yeah. properly versus Tom Cruise actually, Picking locations, learning, mm. you know, what stunts have we, haven't we done yet? Let me go meet these new people to see if they will be a good fit for our team. It's kind mm-hmm. of like he's building a whole set uh, company group to actually produce a good movie versus someone producing themselves to be a good character. So hmm. I think that that's another aspect of Tom Cruise that is unmatched, really. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely true. Well, this this whole thing came up for me because the fiance does not like Tom Cruise and doesn't want to watch Tom Cruise movies. And sometimes I can definitely see the uh, validity in that response because there's certain ones that I would skip too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's certainly some ones that I would skip. Um, but then there's also ones that I absolutely, you know, so like, I think you and I disagree on this too. I dug Jack Reacher. Fucking hated the second one, but I actually liked the first one. And the first one is basically, it's a born movie. It's, it's a born movie. It's the uh-huh. same thing. It's, it's a copy paste with a born script. And with a, it, all they did was they subbed out Matt Damon for uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same movie. And I get that. I'm not saying it's, you know, super original or whatever, but the way that he plays it, he's like a know-it-all, so he's a little bit more sarcastic and, you know, whatever. I like the way he played it, you know, whatever. But then there's also, you know, I mean, there's certainly some low points in the Mission Impossible series. Uh, I would know. I watched all of them in a row uh, when I was flying back from India. So I... I was desperately trying to sleep and I just, I don't know about you, but I can't fit into airline seats. 
Like, if you I, if I, you can't fit, I definitely cannot fit. Yeah, you're insanely tall. I don't know. Like, I don't know how the fuck you do it at all. But it's like I am not comfortable. And then to be sitting on like we, it was legitimately a 14 hour flight. I mean, what the fuck am I supposed to do in that time? Anyways, anyways. Yeah. So the point is, is that I think uh, I think Tom Cruise is. I think you're right. I don't think he's like an actor, you know, extraordinaire or anything like that. But uh, I, I, he's at least somebody whose star power I buy into as opposed to uh, now his personal life. I don't know what the fuck he's up to. Yeah. But I don't know either. But that's a whole other thing. I can understand the rock as a, as a individual, right? Like I understand what drives him and all that kind of stuff. I don't understand what drives Tom Cruise at all. Yeah. Same here. Zenu or something. I don't, let's not even open that can of worms. Yeah, that's exactly what, you know, not that we are monetizing uh, any of our episodes or this one, but if we were, we would have gotten our monetization yanked right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Don't do that. Right there. Yeah. Well. But yeah, but, um, but, but, but off of all of that, I mean, you know, having someone that is all about making the whole production look good versus someone that just wants to make themselves look good. I'm not saying that mm -hmm. that's bad. That's something that you need every once in a while is to have that person that's very intro in, introspective on their approach to their craft. Yeah. But when you're sitting down talking to someone else in a conversation, it's got to be a little give and take, right? Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Like that's, that's the thing. It's like, that's uh, actually, uh, I, I had an idea for a podcast that was more like leisure focused or not leisure focused, but didn't have like an intent. Basically, um, what uh, my idea for a podcast was, it's like based around um, album commentaries. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, sure. Okay. Well, basically, so you know how a lot of media that we're seeing these days is all reactions to stuff? I think you and I have talked about this, where where there's a YouTube video that's like, oh, a uh, middle school teacher reacts to uh, whatever. Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, Schoolhouse Rock. Or um, grandmas react to blah, blah, blah. A whole part of our media these days, and like, for instance, a podcast that the fiance listens to is like these two girls who talk about like, their reactions to movies that are coming out or makeup tutorials or a whole, a whole bunch of stuff that like goes way over my head uh -huh. or way beneath it, depending on your perspective. Um, but uh, so one of the things that I thought would be interesting is as opposed to making it focused on the media itself, we take that mechanic and we turn it on its head where it's not, we're using because, uh, Oh, uh, 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 filmmaker, you know, Chris Scott reacts to, you know, this TV show or this movie or whatever, right? Or or even some of the more refined ones like through GQ or like martial artist reacts to fighting scenes in movies. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's all using the, uh, like it's turning the focus onto the item itself, the movie, the film that they're reacting to, the, the music video that they're reacting to. This is so crazy, you know, whatever. I wanted, I wanted to take that and turn it on its head. So we would be doing album commentaries. So basically, um, we're like, here's this uh, music, you know, from this here, this particular CD or this particular album, whatever. But now I'm hearing a person's 
personal reactions to each of these tracks. Oh, yeah, that reminds me of, man, uh, I really listened to this song a lot when I was in high school, and it reminds me of this one time. So now instead of it being a reaction video or a reaction podcast, it's telling somebody else's story through that music. See what I'm saying? I'm, I'm probably trying to get a little bit too, like, college <laughs> or like, or like this is too, it's too, it's too, um, whatever. It was an idea. All right. Right. So, so I start to execute this plan. I've got my buddy, uh, and I was like, all right, we're going to do, uh, you, you love this album, you know, whatever that's, that's it. Like I let them choose whatever they want to do. And then we're just going to go track by track and you and I are going to talk about it and see if any good content comes up or whatever. But the, so, so this goes back to what you're saying about like how there's a give and a take and you're not just trying to set yourself up for great, you know, the, the difference between the rock and, uh, you know, whatever I'm trying to set up the whole, the, the we're all going to do great work and we're all going to look good here. But then if you get somebody on the other end who like two things happen that really f- are so annoying to me, like when I was, cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a rookie podcaster, you know what I mean? But I, I at least get the mechanics of what I'm trying to do. Uh-huh. Um, what bothers me so much is when people I know put on the NPR affectation. Oh, yeah, the fake voice. Well, uh, what I really liked about this song was, uh, you know, whatever. And it just drives me fucking crazy. It's like, can you just talk like a normal person? Uh, you don't talk like this. So who are you pretending to be? And I can guarantee that you're pretending to be this person, whatever this is, isn't going to be nearly as interesting as if you just be yourself and talk into a microphone and talk, talk about why you like this song. Like it yeah. doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. So that's number one. But then number two, it's like I could tell that uh, kind of kind of the opposite end of like same application of what you're talking about. But uh, he was answering the questions, not giving the questions in this context, as opposed to your interview on the other podcast. But he was like looking for things like even if we weren't even talking about something that was related or whatever, he like had a set track that he kind of wanted to like go on. Uh So the combination of those two things, the NPR voice and basically going on to like a monologue about like who even knows what just made it an incredibly frustrating experience. And then so I was left unsure uh, if my idea was a bad idea or if it was just poorly executed. Right. I, and I don't know, it, it, but, but that's kind of my thing also is that regardless of who I'm podcasting with or regardless of, you know, whatever it's, I'm trying to bring myself forward and my opinions forward and my like perspective on things because otherwise what's the point? What are we Ex- doing here? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I don't know. It's, it's hard though. When you're trying to have, I, I understand in a podcast situation, I do think setting parameters is a good idea. You know, these are my intentions. What are your intentions? Let's, you know, both come out of this with something we both can use. It feels like podcasts yeah. are perfect for something like that. But yeah, also yeah. In, in like everyday conversations, it's hard to really have that per- parameter set up before any conversation, really, because that, that would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm not, yeah. not going to talk to you unless we talk about my feelings or whatever you want to talk about that day. Yeah. But, but I, maybe if the, you know, when you're going into a conversation that's maybe for, at work, maybe with, uh, someone you want to work with on a creative project, definitely setting up parameters in your, on your, on your end, at least to be like, I want to find out if this is something this person is interested in, what they are willing to provide, what, what can they give 
to me, what I'm willing to provide to them or what would they like from me? Just, mm-hmm. you know, I guess going into, uh, conversations with a purpose is what I learned from that last podcast. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're definitely, it, it could have helped to have like at least what, what intentions we're trying to go into this with, because I'm not the type of guy who wants to, I don't even listen to podcasts that are like so directed that it's like literally call and response. Like, so Chris, what, you know, here's the specific question and all I want to hear is your specific answer. And then I'm going to edit it. And then we're going to go to the next question. You know, it's like, I don't really listen to podcasts like that, but if you listen to something that's completely undirected and completely like just goes off the, off the rails, it's like, that's not going to be productive towards not only achieving whatever intentions you had out of the podcast, but also getting any listeners at all because nobody wants to hear the random thoughts of some guy, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's, it's great that, uh, your friends find you really interesting, but I don't, I felt, I felt used at the end of that podcast really. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, but, uh, but I don't know. So I'm I'm thinking about reaching out to some people on the, uh, Instagram on the internet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now just now I know I need to have some sort of intention and lay out, you know, some ground rules, not ground rules, but just lay out, lay it all out on the open in the initial, uh, reach out. Yeah. So, So I just know what's, you know, what's, possible or what's not possible just 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 so everybody feels better about it at the end of the yeah, day yeah I, I guess being more upfront with everything is, uh-huh. is kind of like i mean i know that that sounds like a real platitude but i like here's what i was looking to achieve out of this conversation does that align with your expectations like even something as simple as that is that something kind of- you would be interested in now is that something you'd be interested in yeah i I think that that'd be a good way to like line it up so question i have to you know not to bring this back but i have to thoughts on the concept the concept of what that podcast that went horribly for me oh the uh album i think uh it reminds me of like a storytellers or like uh Mm. the the h1 behind the music or more it's of a, a story, like that. more of like a storyteller type scenario. And yeah. I, I do find it interesting that if you can actually get someone on that wants to talk about a moment in their life that was defined by an album or defined yeah. by a song, just, just to like, cause people react to art in different ways and just having that connection to something that was created, I think is interesting. And, and people might, you know, uh, feel the same way about the song or have the same experience with their own music and just want to acknowledge that this is a, a emotion, a response, a reaction that, that happens amongst other people. Yeah. 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 And so that was kind of the thing is that I couldn't tell because then I listened back to the audio completely unedited or anything for that matter, because I don't, A, I don't know how to do any of that, but then B, because also I was just like, ah, I'm not going to put any more effort into this. So I like listened back and it's like, I couldn't tell if it was actually like a good idea, just poorly applied, or if it was just, eh, this, this is maybe a, a really farmed out. And it, it just didn't seem uh, like I hate using the term because it sounds so granola and hippie bullshitty, but it's like, it just didn't seem authentic at all. It seemed like it was a forced conversation or like a forced application. So I couldn't tell if maybe just the, the idea was poorly executed or like the idea is no good, or if it was just not applied with the right person at the right time. It sounds like it wasn't applied properly. Yeah. And, and to that point, it's like, really, I maybe should have done the pre-work that you're talking about, about like 
hey, let's just align expectations and align kind of where what we're trying to get out of this and what we're trying to put into this, each of us. Because then I could have at least like seen at the gates beforehand, like, oh, you're trying to do some whole other thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which is not what I'm trying to do at all. <laughs> like if I'm ever trying, have I ever seemed like I'm trying to uh, convey myself as like some very thoughtful and uh, I mean, I am a thoughtful person, but a very like thoughtful and I, I don't know. I don't know. You're, to- you're thoughtful in the sense that you have lots of thoughts and you have to say yeah. them out loud. Right. <laughs> and I immediately have to say them as fast as possible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In as many words as possible. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, as many large words that are probably improperly used also. Those, these are all. Uh... Well, I mean, thanks for uh, sharing the story. Coffee with closers. It also sounds a little derivative of because uh, all I can think of is comedians in cars getting coffee. Um, yeah, that reminds me of a meme I saw. It was like, uh, uh, what was it? Like Republicans in the White House getting COVID? (laughs) (laughs) Just because, oh, yeah, I just thought that was really funny meme, but not to get political. Yeah, not to get political, but my God, all of a sudden it's like, oh, this person confirmed, this person confirmed, this person confirmed. It's like, oh, shit, everybody who was at that talk, basically. It's like 11 people now or 12 people. I don't even know. It's crazy, but. Yeah, it's some ludicrous, which is odd because meanwhile, you know, I've been pretty safe and it, it kind of just goes to show you. And again, not to get political and not to go completely off the wall on this, but it's like it kind of just shows you that if you do the best practices, just because when March, you know, when when we first, you know, locked down or quarantine, all that, I'm sure I was a whole lot more strict. I was washing my hands constantly and doing all kinds of stuff. I was way more strict than I am now. Yeah. And I still haven't had COVID. And uh, and I think it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, if you just do the right stuff and monitor yourself good enough, you'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like just, Yeah. I, I get to work from home. I'm very privileged at that. Like, I don't go into groups larger than this. I'm not engaging in that kind of activity. And then I wear a mask. And it's like, if you just do those, like the right things, you don't even have to be crazy about it. But if you just, you'll probably be fine. I, I also, you know, probably have a very strong immune system and I'm young and I'm healthy. So I'm, again, right. speaking you're, with lots of privilege here. Right. You're, you're a mutt, as am I. Yeah, so we're probably... What's your uh, what's your blood type? I don't know. How do you not know your blood type? How, what's your blood type? I'm O positive. Oh, is that the rare one or is it O negative? I think uh, I don't know. Isn't all blood rare? It sounds like all blood's rare. It kind of sounds. I mean, I know one of them is the universal donor, and then one of them is like it only accepts that type. So I'm not sure. I think it, it goes with positive and negative. Like you, like you can take out uh, O negative and put it in an O positive. I think. No, isn't maybe you that's know, with organs. We, <laughs> I feel less bad. Podcast. I feel less bad about n- not knowing which blood type I am because you know what blood type you are. But what fucking difference does it make? Like it you doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> you might as well just said your your blood type is like. B grade or like it's whatever you could have assigned any random moniker to it because it's like oh uh, who can I get a transfusion from I don't know <laughs> yeah it's high mileage 10w <laughs> high mileage yeah we'll, we'll discuss uh, next time on ramen profitable we'll discuss blood types and what they mean 